You're listening to the Anime Radicals Network. The revolution will be simulcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and people of a non-binary persuasion, to the Anime Radicals' timely review of Promare. I'm Brains. I'm Becom. I'm Andrew. And, uh, yeah, we're here to talk about a movie that I think kind of, well, from all the ads and advertisements... And the uh, recent announcements took the world by storm from Studio Trigger. It did. Uh, it uh, took out a little drill and it pierced its way through the heavens and through my heart. Through my heart, brains. Through your heart? Yeah. I had to go to a doctor. No, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> I was going to say it warmed my heart up. I don't know about you. Uh, <laughs> created a burning passion. Mad burnish, mad, <laughs> mad burnish fashion. Uh, so yeah, I really like this one. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna bury the lead a little <laughs> bit on that one. Wow, wow, he's he's gone out on a limb this time, <laughs> folks. He's way out there by himself. I've said nobody likes this movie, right? Yeah, like literally, I, I, I yeah, it was a whole thing. <laughs> I don't well, know. I mean. I wish I could pull out like an infinity engine of a la Escaflone and like find a parallel universe where I love this movie <laughs> as much as you guys. <laughs> yes, we found the one person on earth who didn't like Promare and he's on this podcast. Woo! Wow, thanks for like completely misrepresenting my side of the argument, Become. <laughs> Thank you. You did it to yourself. <laughs> In a parallel dimension, I. Uh supported your argument though so it's okay <laughs> i feel like in multiple parallel dimensions you would support my argument but continue potentially um so this i don't know this movie i don't know about you guys it got me in a way that no other trigger work has except for little witch academia the ova not the series because hmm. As far as like trigger works go, like I I saw what people liked about Kill a Kill. I saw the interesting, and I think some of that kind of shows up in this movie, um, like in the form of like the art direction. But yeah, for sure. Like Kill a Kill, like just a lot of it didn't resonate. It got a little too goofy for me to like like it personally as well as like critically. Right? Um, there's like certain shows that I'll watch and I'll be like. That's a really good show, but I don't really like it. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like, but I recognize that it's a good show, and I'm never gonna be like, no, that was a terrible show. I'm just gonna be like, ah, it wasn't my flavor. But like, this definitely hit both. Um, and I think it's, I think a lot of that has to do with with a lot of the moving parts of this. Like, did you guys stay and watch that roundtable at the end of the movie? I did. It was pretty fun. And then I texted Andrew and told him he didn't have to stay because it wasn't that like important. <laughs> It was okay. It wasn't that fun. It was yeah. okay. It was they, they were they are very boring talkers, by they the are. way. When they, they are. Yeah, when they put up that set that seemed like the themes of Promare, I got so excited. And then like what did they talk about as the theme? Like fire. Drills, fire. clothes, and fire. Fire, yeah. And I was like, okay, that's not the theme of Promare. There's so many other themes of Promare than just fire. But I what I hated about them is they were so Japanese. Like I, I don't mean this in like a <laughs> fucked up way, right? Like, but like they were so Japanese because they'd all the one would talk, they'd all sit there and go, hmm. Mm. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Nodding their head, and going mm. like they would even barely look at each other when they were talking. <laughs> they, half they the time, you guys to like act like you like each other, like just a little. But I like the guy on the end. I can't, can't remember which guy it was, but he was excitable. Was... He was well, yeah, because he's like I cried at like literally everything. I cried when I saw it. I cried when I heard the music. Oh, <laughs> I cried when I worked on it. Which there's a great reason for that. <laughs> I, I feel like it's. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like he, the, this individual is one of your more favorite, or not more favorite, that's not, that's not a word, but one of your favorite composers, right? Which who, is, me? I thought, yeah. Sawano? Sawano, I, yeah. I like Sawano a lot. Here, yeah, here, Yuki Sawano. He does a really good job on pretty much everything he does. I often criticize him for making soundtracks that are kind of samey, uh, but I think he did a stellar job with this wow. soundtrack. Yeah. You probably should start with like a synopsis of the movie briefly and like yeah, other elements before we, we get to these like very like distinct elements of this this movie. But I feel like actually there. the music is a part of the plot. It is. Like for a, sure. hugely a part of the plot because I think I think without the music that this show has or not the show this movie has to like bring in the energy that it does like the plot doesn't mean anything because that's a very interesting statement. Now tell me, how does the music is a part of a plot do, like, in well, five so words? You can find out by, <laughs> like, words. oh, in five words? <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you, okay. Brains. Explain to me no. how the music is part of the plot, because that's an interesting statement. I know it gets the themes and elements and the mood across, but, like, what does it tell me about the story? So if you watch like a lot of interviews with composers and ch and see some of like the documentaries that go into like film composing schools, um, and this is something I've become higher and higher on because I've been doing research on it lately on on like my own, is that you can change the entire feel and almost like to depending on the extent of how much the music plays into the movie, you can change the movie itself by changing the music a little bit. By adjusting it in just a few octaves um, during certain scenes. So what I mean, like, the plot doesn't mean anything without it is the the plot is the way the story structure is, I guess is the better way to phrase it. The way the story structure is and the characters are in that, in that story without the music being the same kind of high-energy music that it is that then drops to lows, then hits some highs, the what the characters do, I, I mean, you put in just a random soundtrack 
that's supposed to kind of be high energy that's not the same as this it's that doesn't work the movie doesn't work as a whole and while i I would agree with that statement yeah i I was gonna say while i i agree with that statement in general i i mean it was if you i mean it was said in the actual like post movie interview that the the music was actually made before the movie was even animated yeah but they had storyboards like he was in on them with the meetings but here's the other thing uh, the there's an ED song to this that is extremely plot relevant because it is about the two main characters at the end of the movie. That is true. Uh, and uh, yeah, it has a certain tone to it that we'll get into later. So what is Premier about, guys? What is the s- basic synopsis for someone who hasn't seen the movie yet and is debating through this review whether or not they want to see the movie without spoiling the movie for them? All right, so here's the ultra short recap. What if Darling in the Franks, but good? No, that's a horrible recap. Don't, stop. <laughs> stop. Stop. I uh, mean, no. I mean, <laughs> no. So uh, 30 years prior, Earth suffered a calamity known as the Great World Blaze, wherein fires from mass spontaneous human combustions killed half the world's population. So basically like fire force, but if good. Um, certain yeah, that's humans what developed... I kind of said. It's not really like fire force, though, like in any significant way besides uh, like the spontaneous combustion stuff. I'll, I'll make my you arguments know? when it comes time for that. Oh, okay, fine. I mean, it's about firefighters, like, but yeah. No, uh, there's, certain there's humans... more than that, because, like, me and Bullets had, like, a whole argument over it. Because he's like, tell me oh, how God. it's different. And I was like, uh... So. It's pretty different, in it, my it, opinion. It is, once you get further into the movie, but this this first bit that you're going over, it's yeah. samey. Very same. Yeah, when it like when it when the movie first starts and there are people like spontaneously combusting and, like, raging at their cell phones and stuff, I was like, oh, this is Fire Force. Yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah, certain humans developed pyrokinetic abilities during and subsequent to the event where uh, the Great World plays and became known as the Burnish. In the present, Gallo Thymos? 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 They they pronounce it Thymos in the movie. He lives in the city of Promepolis as a member of the firefighting group Burning Rescue, who respond to incidents involving the purported Burnish terrorist sect Mad Burnish. Um, while responding to a mad burnish attack, Gallo defeats their leader, Leo Fotia. And Leo is brought into custody by the Freeze Force, a state police force under the control of Governor Cray Foresight. Um, and then well, I Leo, like. To, I wanted to see the oh, Freeze what? Force. The minute I saw the Freeze Force, I wanted to see them get their ass handed to them so bad. Like, just the look oh, of yeah. them, I was like, yeah, they're going to they're gonna get. And then I also kind of knew in my head, I was like, they're going to get their ass handed to them later. Does the Freeze Force remind you of anyone, Brains? <laughs> hmm. This is why I think we should have documents when we record, guys, because we're all <laughs> over the place. No, we're not. We're, we're, we're totally on track. We're totally we're on, on track. track. We're on track. Uh, just keep that in the back what of your track? mind. What <laughs> track? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, like, Leo orchestrates a mass breakout, and it just becomes this thing where gallo is trying to decide whether like being a member of burning rescue means taking out leo or if leo uh on the side of the people of the burnish who gallo sees are suffering uh is a righteous cause like if leo has a righteous cause and uh if whether gallo needs to go against his like mentor cray foresight well, uh, and there's who a, is opposing them and and, and in that and I, I imagine we'll get to talking about it, but that precipitating event that causes him to think about it um, 
I thought that was like a really well done piece. And yeah, and it's not just like like, and that's what part of what I like about the movie. Um, at the beginning of the movie, before he has that precipitating event, he's so sure that burning rescue is right. Right, getting rid of the burnish yeah. is right. Um, yep. And it's I think I think there's like a really interesting element of discussion there. Yeah, and like uh, Gallo has some fellow firefighters on his side. Uh, one girl named Ina Artibit, who has a sister who um, is working for Cray Foresight as a scientist researching. Well, they don't really know what she's researching at the beginning of the movie. It's just kind of mysterious. Um, and there's like a couple other firefighters, but I, I think we can find we can actually talk about this now. The other firefighters don't really do much in this movie, honestly. No, but there's some interesting pieces of dialogue about them. Yeah. That, like, that's, that feels like something that if, if this was a TV show, it could have been more fleshed out. Yeah, but, like Var, yeah. what is it, Varya? Is that his name? Uh, which one? Which the big, person? strong dude. Oh, maybe? Varus? Varus. Varus, okay. Varus. Okay, yeah, Varus Trust. So yeah. they make a comment, and this is something I noted in the movie when I was watching is they made a comment about talking about when they're sitting in that pizza place about how the burnish are a mutation in the human species that allows them to control fire. The problem is is they can't control it. And uh, when they're talking about that, he says like Varus's mutation that makes him super strong. And so like, that gives him super strength. Yeah. Yeah. So they like Varus has a separate mutation from like what the burnish are. That gives him super strength. Yeah, they, they they say that in like a throwaway comment, but I thought that that was like a little interesting. I piece of don't dialogue. know if it was to go that far. I think it was supposed to do the reverse, where it just minimizes that. I mean, people with big muscles could just be like like the fact that he just is naturally large is like could be viewed as a quote unquote mutation. I mean, I, then again, they don't go into it at all, so who knows yeah. if it's just like a side point that was, but it it is a throwaway line that. Was like it was the way it said. It makes it sound like he's a burnish that was able to like convert his mutation into something else, and then you realize now nah, he wasn't a burnish because of the way they treat burnish in that scene later on. So right, and that's what I was saying. Is I I think like the that part of that that commentary. I think that was supposed to be meant as part of the commentary of like, listen, there's more to this world than just the burnish, and we're focusing on the burnish. That's how I took that, and I could be wrong. Oh. No, I think they were just trying to say it's like, it's just mutation, guys. Why are we treating it like they're the worst people ever? Um, I think it was more to, I, I mean, it could be if I, maybe if it was a TV show, they would like say, oh, there are different types of mutations out there. But like, I think with the, I think it was just trying to say like, the burnish aren't like, it's like, it's not their fault. I think it was just trying to like simp- make them more sympathetic to the burnish in general, like our heroes. I think that's what that line is supposed to be because it is so throwaway. Well, yeah, that whole the whole scene at the pizza shop is the beginning of that. Like so. with, you know, the freeze force showing up, taking away that guy who's just making pizzas. Yeah. What's wrong with a guy just making pizzas? Come on. But uh the freeze force take him away because he's an evil immigrant from across the border. Oh wait, no, that's ice, sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I will be making Ice. an argument that this movie is very political, so get ready for that later. <laughs> oh, God. I, listen, Ice wishes they had shit as nice as the Freeze Force does. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Ice. 
Listen, ice does an important job usually. No, they do not. Fuck ice. <laughs> well, ice is also the the customs people, right? Like U.S. Customs. That is also a branch of ice. They check yes, all your allegedly. Shit. Yes. Well, I think it's the reverse. Ice is a branch of the customs well, people. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ice is. Remember, it was only made on. in like the last three years, so it can't be the reverse. What? Ice has been know. around a long, long time. Like back in two thousand and seven. Um, I did an op with in in the military with ice. So interesting. Oh my bad. You're right. They were only formed in 2003. They're Literally. only slightly younger than Homeland Security. Just another great thing that George Bush did. Continue your political discussion <laughs> on ice and being an anal- free sports being an analog for ice. It might as oh, well. At this point, if we're just going to go uh, all over the place with this review, so why not just throw it in here? I don't think it's an analog for ice. I think if we had to look at it as a... I think if we had to look at it like the the way I think that it's it, it needs to be analyzed, it's probably more like a... Um, I don't want to say SS-type look. It's, yeah, which some it's, people it's have like equated to being force. ice-like uh, as well. They make it seem like it's SS. Like in a way, yeah. more more like a state police force, yeah, like uh, East yeah. West Berlin type shit, right? Um, mm-hmm. Or not East West, but East Berlin type shit. But but you know they're specifically targeting a group of the people who are being discriminated right. against, and that's why I kind of oh, say yeah. SS a little bit because there are important comments that they make, which ICE could not make. <laughs> no mistake. Like, hey, you're stepping out of your. Or, you know, oh, you're trying to interfere with us? I'm going to arrest you, too. That was a very, very, like, state-run police force kind of thing to, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know the SS, the Stasi in, in East Berlin, right? Like, things like that, where they're like, oh, you're, <laughs> you're questioning us? Oh, uh, you're going to jail, too. Like, that, and that's that's how it was ran. I, you could, you could parallel it to ICE, I guess, a little in, in the fact that they're going after the quote unquote immigrant, but what or like they are 70%. is they're, they're they're targeting like an ethnicity or a specific group of people, right? Which is what the Stasi and the SS did. Um, yeah, and I mean, like on the other hand, this is a movie about like fire and ice, so like right. the fact that they're called the Freeze Force doesn't necessarily mean that they named them that because they were thinking about ice though i will say the japanese anime industry is thinking about ice because in carol and tuesday there is an anal a direct analog for ice called mice the mars uh immigration and customs enforcement team <laughs> uh which well, is very very directly an- analogous but, but let, yeah. let, let's look at who is in charge of that anime yeah, yeah, but Watanabe. this is trigger. Yeah. Well, what, what, but what I'm saying is Watanabe has like a lot of history with the West and a lot of fascination with the West. And yeah, I like. I think Andrew was about to say. I, I think Trigger has had a lot of recent history with the West because these guys keep coming over here for conventions like every single year. Uh, they've been over here. They've they have exposure to the West. So I, I don't know. I think I don't think it's like a crazy argument to say that this is an analog for ICE. I think they will probably never say it themselves, like if if it even was. But um, I mean, they do want to get back in the country, right? So yeah, they do want to get back in the country. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, (laughs) exactly. So anywho, I yeah, 
I so I mean I don't know where were we going? Well, we got to talk about other stuff besides spoilery stuff with the story, and I think like where we got up to and in, into the story is like past that it gets fairly spoilery because um, yeah. like people start bumping heads and like mysteries start unfurling about like the true nature of the burnish, the true nature of like the government and the people running it. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting movie. Like I, I will say like the first 20 minutes of this movie are like basically one big giant CGI fight. Um, but and that's another so interesting gorgeous. thing to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's, I wasn't sure about it at first. Cause I was like, okay, it's 3d CG, uh, triggers like usually not doing like full 3d CG stuff. Like how are they going to mix the 2D uh, drawn elements with this 3D CG? Is it going to look good? Like, through all, through all the previews for this movie, I was like, I don't know how this is going to look. I really need to just see this on a big screen. Um, and, like, for the first 20 minutes, as they were just sort of, like, throwing characters at us and, like, introducing us to the main players, I wasn't, like, super into the movie. Same. But, yeah, but it still looked good. And I was like, okay, this is this is interesting. This is moving really well. It's, like, nicely animated. Um, and then when they slowed down, they went to the pizza shop and they had those discussions and we got the stuff with like the freeze force coming in and oppressing the burnish. Uh, and then at the lake scene uh, with Leo and Ina and Gallo and all of that happening, uh, I was like, okay, this, this movie is not just a crazy action trip. This has themes. They're trying to say things. Uh, and as the movie went on and they got back to the crazy over-the-top action it just looked more and more and more gorgeous um, with like volcanoes exploding in like purple or pink fluorescent color. And just like, it was just incredible dragons and bullshit. It's amazing. It, it looks incredible. Like they did such a good job melding those elements with the 2d and 3d uh, CGI together in a way that feels like trigger anime. It doesn't feel like berserk 2016 or some shit, you know? <laughs> Right, and and I'll I'll make a comment that like I think that like a lot of times people will look at some of our reviews and be like, oh well, you guys are kind of critics, so sometimes you find stuff interesting that I won't. This is not yeah. the case in this because I took a relatively new anime fan to this movie with me. Um, cool, and she really enjoyed it. So it's like it it's not just us like reading into oh well, look at all these colors and these shapes and how they they form everything and and like like there's interesting elements like where the fire is triangles and the ice is squares right and uh, mm -hmm. it's not just that it's it is like it's it's something that even could make like newer anime fans think and and uh like really enjoy the action and i think like that's kind of just something important to say just because like sometimes I do feel like I myself get a little lost in the technical aspect of how great something is. Um, yeah. When you have somebody that's there, not for the technical aspect, but just to watch it because it's anime, you know, that's when you know that it's, you're not just being uh, pretentious. <laughs> what did you guys think about the way that this looked, though, uh, from like a such a heavy 3D CGI, like backgrounds and everything standpoint and like all the mechanical aspects like designed by Shigeru Koyama. My first thought was this 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 movie is what shows what 3D animation could actually do in in anime. For once. Yeah. In all it's of some anime. of the best I've ever seen, yeah, yeah. for sure. 
No, I agree. I mean, like, I'm can't think of them now. I'm there are other that show you like some pretty good stuff with 3D CG as well. But this one does work on an aesthetic level. I think what it it feels like is it took like the CG is a very trigger way of doing CG in a lot of ways when you think about it. Um, the way they go about it is very much like. From my limited experience, it feels like something like they what they do in Trigger Cop is like it feels like they took like the angles they kind of use in Trigger Cop and applied it to CG, um, and uh, to to that effect, if you know what I mean, like they they they're not Trigger Cop, Inferno Cop. <laughs> yeah. What I, you know what I mean? Like it feels like they took that as a, like a, I'm like I want it to look like Inferno Cop, but if it was made in CG, um, and then like all the other things are just you know basic blocks, so it's not like they're they're doing anything super innovative with like the vehicles or the buildings or anything like that. But a lot of the, the, the fire work they do with the burnish fire looks oh, really yeah. interesting and things like that. So, and I feel like that's like where they inspire themselves. Like what if we could take Inferno cops, like burning body thing and like do it in CG and then they just did it, which is pretty cool. And I think it works for this movie for sure. Yeah. And I'll say like, I think, a lot of that 3D CGI like background type stuff was present in shows like Kill a Kill, uh, like that had heavily like 3D backgrounds a lot of the time. But this movie just has such like a level of like polish and sheen on it that you can do with like a movie budget uh, that yeah. like it it just looks better than Kill a Kill. Like they figured out more so what they're doing, and it's a lot of the same people working on it. It's like you know Sushio. And uh, Yo Yoshinari and everybody, Hiroyuki Maishi, uh, and like the same uh, writer who wrote Kill a Kill and Gurren Lagann. But um, yeah, no, it, it, they've just like made a step forward here. And it's just like, oh man, I, this is what Trigger can do on a movie. This is freaking awesome. Now, the, the one thing I'll say about like the mech design is like there's a mech later, and this is kind of spoilery, but um, I'm going to avoid talking. I'm just going to kind of gloss over it, but yeah. um, there's a Mac that shows up later, like the, at the end of the show, right. Or at the end of the movie. And I was a little disappointed in how that Mac looked because it looked really super robotic, which I'm fine with, but I was like, they, everything else had been innovative so far. Um, and then they subverted my expectations by, yeah, <laughs> by, by like the, and, and like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of meta comments in this movie. <laughs> Like especially towards the end, um, yeah, for sure. So I think I think the mechanical design was actually really good, like the mech design. Uh, uh, there was, without spoiling things too much, like there's a moment in this movie where I was like, you know, that mech actually looks kind of lame. Yes, uh, that's and the then one. The, the, the movie very much knows that the mech look looks lame <laughs> and fixes that, and I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> That's the exact scene I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Like when they're because yeah. like even the characters like comment it in the movie. They're like, yeah, this looks kind of lame. I disagree. It looks really awesome. Oh, and in their the initial uh, design yeah, of it. Of course it does. Yeah. It's so awesome. I'm just like, oh, are they really gonna go kick ass in this? I'm like, not what I expected, but I'm totally down for it. But anyway, I have I have another gripe with the mecha design in this. Uh, Oh, yeah. in this movie that I'll bring up in the spoiler section. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, what we else can we talk about? We talked. Yeah, we fight it. We talked a little, like we talked about the music, uh, but it is, yeah, such a key aspect of this. Like, I, oh. w- it just, 
controls the tone so well. Well, there's getting completely pumped up the whole movie long. God. I, I think there's uh like like you were talking about earlier with like the frozen lake. I've got this drop and I'll I'll kind of run this underneath, but like like there's there's like really good music in this like um this song is called Ashes and it yeah. plays during like a really good scene. This is the scene at the frozen lake? Yeah, this is the scene where you know Ina the, and Gallo are together there. No, this is the from oh. this is the one um that pops up when that one burnish is dying. Oh, in the caves there? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That was so, also a great scene. Yeah, and like there's something about this music like when it plays during that scene that really accentuates it like to the point like it turns a scene that would be a mildly interesting scene right to uh in, in my opinion right now maybe not mildly interesting but somewhat emotionally impactful scene to very very emotionally impactful like i i teared up and cried a little bit when this whole scene happened um if you haven't bought the soundtrack i mean even if you're not going to see the movie just get the, i mean the soundtrack's alone yeah jemmy is the singer on that song who i believe collaborated with sawano on the uh recreators op's gravity wall which is i think shout yeah she's a good singer and like i yeah i like the the music in this is is top tier for me like it's sitting on the same level as like yuri on ice um, trying to think of like the top soundtracks I, I I have like Unicorn. I really like Unicorn's soundtrack. Gundam Unicorn, mm-hmm. um, which is also Samano, and that is one of his best soundtracks. I I think this is probably his best soundtrack since Gundam Unicorn. Um, I don't I, know. I mean, I liked I, I liked a lot that. about like the Al Noah Zero soundtrack and stuff, but. It's just well, it, that was basically Gundam Unicorn 2.0. The Al Noah Zero con. It wasn't Al Noah Zero before Unicorn. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it was after. Mm. Like, well, I mean, the original Gundam Unicorn, like the OVAs you're talking about. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Al Noah Zero is like significantly older. Unicorn was still coming out when I started podcasting, and no, Al Noah Zero is 2014. Unicorn's 2010. Really. Yep. So I don't know. Like, but like, like they were saying in the round table after the movie, uh, when they went to Sawano and they got the music back from him, they were just like, man, he knew exactly what we wanted. He knew how to make like a trigger soundtrack. And yeah, like a trigger or a girl on Gurren Lagan esque soundtrack is like one of those like really pompous, just like row, keep the row, beat pumping the type of things. Yeah. Row, row, fight the power. Uh, yeah, and but like, yeah, I love like in, in Inferno or whatever, with just like the cor- the choir in the background, uh, just like sort of like an exultant theme uh, for everything that's going on. Hey, there it is. <laughs> yeah, no, and then there's yeah, there it's there's a good variety in the soundtrack too, which keeps it interesting. Uh, and it doesn't have all the same, it doesn't hit like all the same notes and, you know, phrases that you feel like other Sawano soundtracks sometimes do. Um, 
So yeah, I was really impressed with his work on this. It was good stuff. Oh yeah. I think it's like some of the Yeah. I I you already said it and I've said it before, but like I I think it's just really the the one of the better anime soundtracks I've ever heard and I listen to a lot of anime soundtracks. Um definitely yeah, think it's better. It the only thing I don't think it's necessarily better than is the uh I just love the Macross 7 music fire bomber. Oh yeah. <laughs> that is good. Uh anything else we can talk about before spoilers? Um I don't I don't Oh, really I will so. say one more thing visually. Um they used color incredibly well in this movie. Like there are just yeah. so many scenes where it's just bathed in like pink or bathed in blue. Um and it's just gorgeous. Like as uh, there's like this office that hangs over. Like hilariously, uh, the uh, big guy Cray Foresight has this office that just like hangs out like a dong off the top of this building, uh, <laughs> with like nothing supporting it. <laughs> uh, and it's all glass, right? So like when you get the sun like in the background of that room, uh, it just like lights up the whole scene with this like really great lighting effect. Um. There's, like, a lot of stark, like, frames of him, like, looking very small on the screen in his chair at his desk yeah. uh, with, like, the whole giant room, like, out in front of him. And, like, you can see, like, the, the, the skyline behind and everything. There's just a lot of, like, great framing of shots like that. Well, uh, they, and, like, they talked about, like, in um, – you were saying with color. Like, they talked about in the roundtable at the end. Like, they – we're learning how to, and it's something that you can notice in the movie. And I did notice it was when they're coloring, like they're doing their outlines of people, right. With the color <laughs> that is actually um, present, right. That's, that's how they did everything. You know, yeah, so rather when, than doing like the sort of standard anime, like black, black outline line. around every character. Uh, yeah. They did that instead. And it, it was definitely, yeah. Colors and that it made the, I felt like it made the characters pop a lot more. For sure. And I yeah. think that's kind of where I, I see, like, a lot of things, like, so Knights of Sidonia, Ajin, um, trying to think of any others off the top of my head. Uh, a lot, I feel like where a lot of where they kind of screw up is they, they just, like, try to physically recreate the anime character, right, in 3D. Yeah. And, and they didn't, what they did in this was they did that cell shading, right? Like, so they used it in a different aspect. I think cell shading's always been kind of what, I've always, I've always kind of thought it in the back of my head, and I think I've said it from time to time. Like cell shading is where anime needs to go, not into s straight three D CG models, because yeah, I think the cell shading works a lot better, and that's what this movie was, isn't it? It's cell shading, technically. Yeah, it's cell shaded, but and it's like finding a middle ground between that trigger look of two D animated drawn characters and cell shading three D models and. They found like a really nice balance. Like it really blew me away because it, it does look different than most things you've watched. And it's really unique and cool looking. Yeah. And of course, like the 3D CG models allow them to do all these things with the motion of the characters that you couldn't do on a 2D budget these days. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the... Yeah, we need to get to spoilers so I can talk about some of like the amazing yeah. scenes. Let's so, do it. We, okay, we uh, me and Braids love this movie. Andrew's like, it's fine, go see it. <laughs> it well, I was gonna say, and 
like mm. I feel like me and you have hogged a lot of this time. Like Andrew, do you wanna like give like explain the listeners? Yourself. Well, no, no, not even explain himself. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> he can explain himself in the spoilers. No, I'm just kidding. But like, <laughs> but no, like, like kind of give like we are so high on the movie, right? And w- which I I think is something that we as like a network really like is when we have people that are high on a movie and then we have people that are more grounded with a movie. Um, it kind of puts a check and balance to everything. And it I mean, I, I really like the movie. I'm just also like, I recognize, you know, some of its flaws. Its story isn't that like deep ha- at points. And like the story beats are kind of, you know, predictable. And it, I feel like the movie gets by because it has just very good aesthetics which is fine with me because it's animation. If this was a book, I'd be like, this is hella boring. <laughs> so <laughs> like, okay, tell me something new. But because it's animation and it utilizes its animation and its soundtrack and it's good direction for the most part, like I, it, it, that's great. And I like that for it. But also I found myself during like a bunch of the movie being like, okay, well, I know it's about to happen next. Well, I know it's about to happen next. And then, and but you know, but I also get by on the fact that like, oh, that was a really good scene or, oh, that was so cool or ha ha ha. I mean, like, I'm not saying I didn't find those moments funny or great or not. It's just like, I also at the same time, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. What you did knew, you did, you like, they did like, you know, that thing where you have pick two out of the three. You can only ever do two out of the three. It feels like that's what they did with the movie. It's like great story, great uh, animation, great soundtrack. You can only choose two. And that, that's sort of what this movie felt like it did for me. That's, okay. that's how I feel. Yeah, like, that's but I feel like it's not bad. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I, when I got out of the movie, I'm like, I was talking to Vicom. I'm like, I enjoyed the movie. And I'm like, I had a lot of fun watching it. And I thought it, the soundtrack was great. It feels like Sawano just basically made a trigger soundtrack, but it's still very much Sawano and like all these things. So, I mean, like I'm just more grounded, like to the fact where it's just like, I was not blown away by the movie in some ways. I just enjoyed it a lot. It's weird. Continue. Did you uh did you see it subtitled also or did did anybody There's only see subtitled. It dub? There's no dub yet. The dub okay. they just just released the dub trailer. The, um I like there was uh, a on dub Tuesday. Because no. like I swear seeing I was looking at tickets on Fandango and they told me Tuesday night was dub night and that's Thursday interesting was... because that shouldn't be the case. Like they literally rele- revealed the released the dub trailer like on Tuesday. <laughs> so uh Tuesday yeah. or Wednesday. It's very recent. Like I don't. I know they're planning on re-releasing the movie um, in theaters again, probably with a dub soundtrack. Also this time around, but I feel like this one was just subtitled. At least where I was, there was no options for dub, so I don't think the dub version was out yet. I think it's only coming out now. I think there might have been a dub version in the U.S., but I'm not sure because I, I yeah I went to like the Thursday showing. So did I. Think, I. Like, I the Tuesday showing the Tuesday. was the dub. Yeah, I, I had class Tuesday, so I couldn't make the Tuesday showing. So because yeah, like it was a, dubbed. It was dubbed by NYAV Post or whatever. Uh, but yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't think anybody's wanted to see it that way anyway. <laughs> I mean, but I'm like, sure it'll be fine. Sometimes I do just because, like, yeah. Sometimes I can get a little sleepy after work. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
I close my eyes, I don't want to miss something, you know what I mean? But, like, I couldn't close my eyes during this movie because I didn't want to miss nothing. So, uh, yeah. So, shall right. we spoil things now? Uh, yeah, I'll I'll play a little bit of, uh, what is it, Kakuse, and uh, that'll give people a little bit of time to stop the recording. So, yeah. <laughs> So, spoilers, guys. Spoiler alert. Yeah, this is about to get really spoilery, actually. Yep, <laughs> very much so. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, there's, listen, there, so there's that scene later in the movie, right? Which one? <laughs> the, well, so with the dragon, right? I yeah. loved how that dragon was drawn. Oh, yeah, it's gorgeous looking. Yeah. Like, like just like. Because they actually talk about it in the round table later, like the amorphousness of fire and how they tried to capture it. And I think mm-hmm. in that scene, they captured it. Like, yeah, for sure. Because like, and and that's where like I started noticing like real big, right? Like those triangles, right? Now the ice was a was a cube, and the fire came out. Its embers came out in triangles, right? Yeah. I was like, oh my god, that's so sick. <laughs> It, yeah, it looks awesome. Like, uh, I talked about it a tiny bit pre-spoilers, but, like, there's a scene where Leo is, like, losing his shit uh, inside of a volcano uh, when he realizes what's happening to, like, the burnish and what's going on. And he, like, unleashes, like, his rage and power. And so the volcano explodes, and then as it's exploding, like, the magma coming out the top, like for a brief second is in the shape of his face and then it like melts back down and like explodes into the air and it's just like this this gorgeous moment of animation and that was like pretty early on in the movie and I was like oh man how are they gonna top that and then they like proceed to top that like five times in the last half hour at least like just like the dragon like flying around yeah yeah and and, uh, so good and the what what the, what the hell was the name of that thing that Gallo was just like in love with from ancient Japan the 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 Matoi Tech or the, something the or? Mat, was it the no I don't think it's called Matoi Tech because I think that was the oh. name of the chick right yeah uh do you know Andrew no no Matoi Matoi the region was Matoi um, I yeah. forget what it is called but I think it um. It was the Matoi Tech was the name of his robot, but like I forget what the name of the actual device is. But the um, uh, what you call it? It's a thing that people from the region of Matoi Matoi used as um, uh, as a, a thing like a firefighting it, uh, implement. Yeah, I don't know if they actually use it for firefighting or just as like you know like. You know, like how, like, um, like in the military, there are people who are just there to be like cheerleaders, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Um, no offense to people who do like the whole band thing, but like it's sort of like that. It's like that person who comes in is just like, you know, like the rallying person, the person who's like there to direct traffic or direct people and things like that. I assume. 
Yeah, that's what it like, sounded like because it didn't look like it had any act because i mean it's made out of paper and stuff so it didn't feel like it had any at least in the old time so i don't think it yeah, would have had any relevance i'm looking at but, it right now trying to find out what it was called yeah but, the, uh, the, the matoy were banners that edo period firefighting units used i don't know what their purpose was but yeah. probably to like direct people yeah i assume for, away from like the that. fire because uh, those things are flammable as shit so <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, if we see one of those, we know there's no fire over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, like, so I thought this was, it was really interesting to me because I went into this movie, like, basically expecting this to be, like, a love story between Gallo and Ina. Because uh, I, I took one look at Ina's, like, character design. I was like, oh, she's best girl. Um, but at the at the same time, going into this movie i thought that leo fotio was a girl because i didn't really pay much like attention to the trailers and he has extremely feminine character design like his face is basically drawn as like an anime girl uh and he has like a slightly like skinny like dainty body and i was like okay that's like so it's like a love triangle Ina is like the hot one the firefighter and leo is this like weird one who Gallo's gonna meet and like fall in love with blah 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 uh and so I was very surprised when it turned out Leo is a guy and Gallo has like this very lovey-dovey scene with Ina on the frozen lake uh and Ina is clearly into Gallo um and like they almost they do a gag where like they almost kiss each other but as they're going in as she thinks he's going in for a kiss he's actually looking at the reflection of leo like burning through the air behind him in the sky and just drops Ina onto the ice uh and then goes and like finds leo in the caves like we were talking about earlier where he's like trying to revive one of the burnish with his powers and yeah long story short trigger made like a fucking <laughs> like boy love movie <laughs> like it's great <laughs> like this is the gayest thing Trigger's ever made easily <laughs> by far uh Ina just kind of gets like thrown to the side and there is a big CPR slash kiss scene between Leo and Gallo near the end of this film which had my theater going nuts I don't know about you guys <laughs> no no one cared in my theater oh yeah it's just like another another day in Canada. So, so I went out. I went to the movie with Zai, um, and when we got out of the movie. She was like, <laughs> she was like, so they're gonna fuck, right? And I was like, yeah, they're gonna <laughs> hell fuck. yeah, they fucking, <laughs> they're fucking hard. I got, I got home to my Twitter feed, just like filled, like already, just filled <laughs> with fan art, like all over the place. And I was like, wow, how did you make this so fast? <laughs> Like, how did you do this? This is incredible. Because it's like really high quality stuff too. And I was like, oh my god. Fan the Japanese fandom. On the it. Japanese fandom. Remember, yeah, this movie came Jap- out of Japan yeah. in May. That's true. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of them were from like uh, Western artists who had seen the movie too. But you're right. A lot of it probably came from people who had already been like drawn it for months. But damn, it's good stuff. Uh,. Were you guys surprised that the movie went that direction? No, like I told you, I, most so much so much of it was kind of predictable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it wasn't overtly like gay in in a lot of ways, and it's very much you don't have to see it if you don't want to see it. Um, 
kind of thing. It's very much like Yuri on Ice in the sense that, well, actually, no, it's less gay than Yuri on Ice, but uh, it's still like the kiss between Yuri and uh, Victor. Um, I mean, it, it's very much similar to that. It's like, you have plausible deniability, but we all know they kissed, so. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, I did not expect Trigger to make a movie like that like anytime soon uh with all the like raging testosterone going through all, every trigger work um i was surprised to see that and kind of uh ha- like happy to see it because it's well yeah, i mean it's, yeah i was yeah. really surprised by it considering they tried to bury the gays in in darling and the franks hell yeah <laughs> like goddamn I, I actually i don't i don't imagine that was triggered because i think trigger was really only responsible for the first half of the show Supposedly, but they still had their names on it. And yeah, that does. There. It's a co-production. In the moment, it's a co-production. You're at fault, regardless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just saying, give them a little bit of the doubt, but still their fault. And the first half of the show isn't that great either. So, <laughs> sounds even, like, like I remember, remember I was everything like, I've heard and seen. It's better than the second half. Yeah, I was like at a trigger panel at Anime NYC last year. And even they were memeing on, like, the last part of Darling and the Franks. Like, well, yeah, we don't know what happened there. <laughs> even they were joking about it. So, like, I don't know. They were joking about how it went to space Listen, yet again. Here, here's the problem with Darling and the Franks is from the interviews that I saw, like, towards the end of the show, they didn't know how the show was going to end. Right. And they all looked fucking exhausted. Like, yeah, they did look door. exhausted. <laughs> they were like falling asleep in the interviews. <laughs> they were like, will this ever end? Is how they seemed. Uh, but yeah, no, this this movie seemed like that's why I said, like, what if Darling the Franks, but good? Like, there's a lot of like shared themes, like I was talking about before this podcast started, uh, with like the environmental angle of both movies, where like the planet is sort of like rising up and fighting back against those who are destroying it um both in promare and in darling the franks um but like darling the franks yeah just like wanders around they didn't have a clear vision of where they wanted to go with it where promare just feels like even if andrew's right and it's pretty predictable at times and nothing that you haven't like super seen before um it's a clear vision from start to finish um and at least that i can respect and go along for the ride uh, so, but the thing that stood out to me were like the elements of just like political awareness with like ice and like, uh, just, uh, the environmental angle and having the two main guys in the movie basically kiss and besides the kiss, just be like extremely gay with each other as they were pilot tandem piling in that mech, uh, with the Gallo to Leon and Leon to Gallo, like transformations and everything. All right. Uh, it was great. If we're going to talk about the Mac. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> you mentioned Darling in the Franks. And so I want to mention, like, the other big thing is, like, Fire Force, right? Yeah. A lot of people compare it to Fire Force. And there's, there's like, a lot of similar elements. Because the Burnish are very, very, like, very mysticism-based. Like, you kind of get that in that discussion, you know, when, you, when we have that um, one Burnish that you know, starts to is, is dying. Right. Like we, we get yeah. that scene. Um, and in that scene, we, we understand, like we're kind of given to understand, right. Is that 
the burnish are like a very very spiritualistic people like they look yeah. at the fire itself like because they can hear it speaking to them right and they look at the fire itself as in like creation god you know kind of thing right um without the fire they are they are nothing uh, they die when it burns out right they turn to ash mm-hmm. and so there's this very 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 uh interesting element to all that and i you could parallel that with the whole what is it called the in fire force um church of the soul or whatever oh yeah the how the firefighters belong to the church of the of, of soul or whatever where they yeah and they fight fire with fire <laughs> bullshit you, you can you can make some comparisons there um and at a surface like level there's a lot of comparisons i mean Obviously, the creator of Fire Force was like, you stole my idea. Like, <laughs> like he came out and said it. But <laughs> if you watch Promare, you can see how much different of a story it is. And even if it was a similar story, it is told 50 times better because there's no lucky lecher. Yeah, that's a big deal. Uh, like there is some fan service in this movie, but it's relatively minor. Like it's like relegated to like Ina just being bent over in her mech, which is just like, oh, it's freaking the same thing as Darling and Frank's. Like that's not that bad. They liked yeah. that shot. They do. <laughs> they love it. It uh, it looks good. Let's be honest. Let's all be honest. It looks nice. It's, it's aesthetically pleasing. Um, but like you, you can there, there's there's quite a few comparisons you can make because if I remember right. Later on, there's a dude that uses ice. You know, one of the firefighters in Fire Force, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. I don't, I don't know for certain because I haven't watched that far. But I swear, I swear, I remember somebody saying something to me about, "Oh, there's this dude that can use ice to fight fire." And I was like, "Oh, but maybe, maybe it was just their guns." Maybe Might have been. I'm not sure. Or something like that. But um, so there's there's elements, but I think. I think Cromer kind of elevates it above and beyond. Um, how do we feel about uh, how do we feel about the villain of this movie, uh, All Might? I think is his name. <laughs> it's not it's not All Might, but uh, oh, wait, are you but sure? I've got I've got a drop for you specifically for the way you feel like this. So this okay. is this is this is what happened. Um, at the beginning of the or at the end of the movie all right i am here sneaking into the back door <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> um no yeah cray foresight i believe is his name it's like what if all might but a bad guy that's why i thought the sneaking into the back door was so <laughs> So poignant. And what, okay, yeah, actually, what is it with that? Like, since, like, My Hero Academia, I've seen a lot of characters drawn like All Might. Oh, really? Yeah, like, I I feel like I've seen more. I mean, this is, like, one of the closer ones that I've seen since then, for sure. (laughs) Right, with the no eyes. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. On the nose, for sure. Um, Yeah, and, like, one of the, the... very interesting twist with him is that he is a burnish himself. I kind of saw that coming. I'm not going to lie. Oh yeah. Um, so once I figured out that he was kind of villainous, uh, and he had had this idea for the engine and everything and, and all this stuff, 
it kind of, I was sitting there thinking about it and like, nah, he's, he's a burnish. Like I, I, I didn't see it coming from like the beginning of the movie. Right. It's not like I was like, Oh, I see Alaska or I live in Alaska and I see Russia from my front door every morning. <laughs> Keeping an eye on them. It wasn't like that. No, it wasn't some Sarah Palin shit. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was, it was about the time he revealed himself to be the villain and, and they revealed like the, which we haven't talked about the main crux of the plot uh, or his plot, uh, which is to use the burnish in an engine to create a warp drive. Yeah. Um, to teleport them across the galaxy or whatever. Because they fucked up the fa- the planet so bad that they just got to get the hell out of there before it explodes with magma. Yep. Uh, but that they can was, only take like 10,000 people. I feel like that was almost a commentary on climate <laughs> climate change. Yeah, exactly. I think it really was. But there, <clears throat> like, I can see that one a lot more than I see the ice one, right? Like, cause only, only because like it felt more. But that no. might just be because I'm like my mom's a history professor and I'm always been like studying like the Nazis and the Stasi and various. It's not how climate change works. Well, it's <laughs> not how climate change works. It's actually the opposite. The Earth freezes, but like still. <laughs> um, so but so he he develops this warp drive idea, and I think he develops it based off of research of uh, an individual that shows up towards well that we get word of towards the end. Um. What Spoiler, he doesn't actually come up with the idea. <laughs> Who, it's Deus? all it, No, I thought you said... Um, no, he took Deus Promath's, Promath's research. Yeah, all of it. Yeah, yeah. and that's what that's what the uh, Ina's sister... Ina's used. sister's been working on it, yeah. Yeah, that's what she was working on was... But Forsyth uh, had the idea to use the Burnish specifically as opposed to what she was trying to do, which was just create a warp drive. Um, and I can't remember what, the, what did they call that engine? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. So this it's is what a warp engine. Watch it more than once. Was they just it called a, it a warp engine. No, no, no. But wasn't there a specific name for the type of engine that converted the burnishes abilities into something like that? Because Probably. that was the same thing that was in the mech. Yeah. Ugh, I can't remember. But was, oh, yeah, this is another yeah, if if this movie had had more than one day of screenings, I would have seen it right. at least 3 times if I could have, but Same. They'd have had all my money. All of it. <laughs> uh So no, so that's it's a very very interesting point when when we when we get to that because then we see Ina's sister being conflicted especially when she finds out that the plan craze plan all along was to use the burnish and to just basically burn them up because you find out through powering their engine to create this warp space, you'd kill the burnish. Yeah. Um, they turn to ash and I can definitely see like the ice stuff when, when they're out in the desert hiding in the bridge, like the broken bridge. Right. Uh, and all the freeze force shows up and just starts grabbing them all up. Um, you know, and I'm like firing ice at them, like yeah. putting them in like blocks of ice. Yeah. Um, I definitely could see that. I, I could see that now that you say that, but um, there's there's some similarities. It not doesn't isn't necessarily one to one, but it's like enough to make you go hmm. Basically, so basically, Leo gets shot with a uh, what is it like? They call it the Infinity Cryo Bullet or whatever. It basically, yeah. continuously freezes him. 
So no matter how much he burns his burnish abilities, right, he can't burn through it. Um, and it's a callback to an earlier scene when the way he escaped was he just burned his way out of the cuffs. Yeah. Um, and so he goes to that volcano, and that's when we get that dragon scene. Mm-hmm. When he's so angry, knowing that his people are being um, rounded up for this engine, basically. Um, and, well, or does he know about the engine yet? Hmm. I don't think he knows about the engine. He just knows that his people were taken. Yeah. Yeah brutally when they weren't doing anything they were hiding out in their own little refuge out in the middle of a desert um just trying to eke out a living and they took our pizza making jobs brains they did they did (laughs) bastards no i'm just kidding uh no homie made the best pizza he did why would you oh come on god like i was looking at those pizzas that they animated and i was like i want I want that pizza. Give me oh, and then pizza. like the way that the customers good. reacted though, like once they knew a burnish had made the pizza where like they were just enjoying this pizza, they were loving it. And oh, then they, they were, were like, they oh, were just enjoying it. They were orgasmically yeah. enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then as soon as they know that a burnish made it, they're like, oh, it's disgusting. How could they let someone like, how could how they could let they a burnish it? make this? Ugh. How could they feed it to us? Yeah. Like, and that shit, that shit reminded me of, I, I'd say less like modern time immigration problems, but more like civil rights era type stuff. Sure. Segregation yeah. type era type stuff. Like, how dare they touch the food I'm making or whatever, right? Like, or how dare they drink out of the same water fountain as me kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I think, which I think all that was intentional. I don't know if it's necessarily ice or it's just... I, I, you could definitely term freeze forces ice. Like I'm kind of, sure. I'm kind of coming up with all this on the fly, but I think like the freeze force is probably just more a government's reaction to something that is not the same. Um, and I think you can extend that to the way the Japanese even treated the Koreans. You could extend sure. that to the way uh, we, or actually the way Japan treats its foreign workers in general. Let's just call it as it is. Um, but I think, think yeah, I'll put it this way. I think definitely more I think commentary on like American racism. It is not. I don't think. I think it isn't specifically directly referring to ICE in uh, in general. Only because of if I think about when they would have started making this movie versus when it came out versus when they would have been in pre production with the ideas. I it's not unheard of that it could in like later versions or like in later on go like oh, okay this could be more directly related to ice um but this movie came out in may which means that it was probably being made all of like 2017 2018 mm-hmm. um so and i mean like a lot of the prominency of ice has been in like the mostly 2019 um there was like, a lot in 2018. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember hearing as much about of ice in 2018 as I did in 2019. So I don't. And if I and I'm like I'm like right in the north of the border. So like the chances that these the, the Japanese people who are famously isolationists in general, like like as a default, um, would hear about it surprises me. So I mean, it's not it's not that you can't make that analogy. That might not have been their intended analogy, but that's what they say a lot about when. Like when is what is like is art still the 
belong to the artist when it's now out in the public because everyone has their own interpretation of your art, um, right? So it could be just one of the... And his whole, oh, it looks cool, and everybody read so much into Ava. I mean, I thought we could get through at least one review without talking about Evangelion. <laughs> Apparently that is wrong, so okay. Uh, here, here's, one, here's one thought I had while you were just saying that, is that... Who would not? Who, like, who might know more about, uh, or who might have ice brought to their attention more than people who are regularly making international flights from Japan to the United States to go to conventions, uh, thinking about their passport and the fact that like eh, all this stuff is going on with the U.S. with people not being able to get in necessarily uh, if they are unwanted. I, I think there's every chance in the world that those main guys from Trigger, like the producers and the directors who've been over here a bunch, uh, were well aware of ICE and what so, was happening. Sounds like someone who's never really worked with Japanese people in a professional capacity before. <laughs> <laughs> I'll agree so, on that. Anyway. They're, they're not, like, super in tune. Honestly, we don't know what they're thinking unless they actually explicitly state it themselves. So this is all speculation on our part also. So it doesn't really matter when we, what we think other than the what we think is what we think is what we think. Uh, I disagree that it doesn't matter what the audience thinks of a piece of art. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we can make our own interpretations, but whether or not we can say whether or not it's intended by the creators, sure. we can only assume unless they explicitly state it. So it doesn't matter what we think about their intention in that regards. We're just pulling out what we want to pull out out of it in this particular in this particular case. Sure. So that matters, but also it doesn't. Continue. <laughs> well, we talked a lot about that. We should talk about other aspects of the the final act of this movie. So uh, I have any, problems yeah, with this movie. I have so many problems with this movie. Okay. Sure. First of all, um, I I didn't watch much of the promotional material, so I was led to believe there was going to be more robot action in this, and I was very disappointed by the lack of robot action. Even if we had a 20-minute action scene, most of it was just like robots getting destroyed and very rarely doing anything. Second of all, I like that they actually want... I said, to be fair, that is kind of on you. That's not the movie's fault. Exactly why I stated in that in that way, Brains. I'm well aware of that fact. <laughs> Second of all, when they do introduce the mecha action... Well, okay, so you know what? It's not that wrong for me to think that there's going to be a lot more mecha action in this movie. When one of the posters they use directly references a Gurren Lagann post... Uh, see, a fam- like a famous scene from Gurren Lagann. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Like, where it's Leo and Gallo basically headbutting each other, exactly like how um, Viral and Kamina headbutt each other as the robots headbutt each other in the famous third episode of that show when Viral is introduced. I think it's third episode. I'm pretty sure it's second or third episode. Anyway, long story short. So I'm just saying, it wasn't wrong for me to think there was going to be more mecha action in this, too, which there is. I see. I knew it. I'm a fucking boss. Uh, and then two, uh, three. Uh, sorry, because just in interest of time now. Well, um, and then three. Like that robot is cool. And then they had to go make it look cooler, quote unquote, uh, <laughs> for the final scene because they couldn't just do crazy things in that. Um, 
And then three, the fact that the rescue fire team's robots don't combine into one giant robot is a travesty. A freaking travesty. Because everything... What's the point of giving me a launch sequence like that if your robots don't combine? This isn't <laughs> Thunderbirds. This is Promare, and there should have been a combining rescue robot that they all fight in. That would have been so freaking cool, and they wasted that opportunity. And I now it's so weird. Like they- oh, sorry. I said, I, I'd say I'd agree, but I think the only reason that didn't exist in the show, because I think they are in the movie, I think because they, I think, I'm pretty sure they had that idea. <laughs> then yeah, don't I present like it yeah. don't present it like that's a thing that can happen do not play with my mecca loving heart here like that because that's garbage and that's probably why i didn't care for the movie as much as you guys because i was cheated out of certain things that i i was expecting here like yeah, uh, you have like think the they... hacker girl like lucy effects who is voiced by mayumi shintani because she has to be in every trigger thing uh after being hara hara haruka from fully Cooly. Uh, in no no jacuzzi and kill a kill all that stuff like yeah she she seems like she's set up to be like oh i'm gonna be the one who controls like this big combining fire force mech whenever we get yeah. around to that point but really she sort of just fades into the background for most of the movie and, i mean and, and, all of those yeah. characters fade into the background i like i yeah. like their uh i like their whatchamacallit their uh their fire truck but like what i'm <laughs> what i'm like i love how like the the cherry picker the the ladder you know i yeah. liked how that was a cannon instead <laughs> I hate to shoot the mechs <laughs> but like so like i i don't know from like a from like a from like a mecha enthusiast standpoint like i didn't create those assumptions i was like when i saw the mechs in like the few promotional materials i did because i think i checked out one pv before i went one mm. it's the only pv i'd ever looked at of that i think i looked at one for like five seconds when you got when you and cat were become you and cat were like oh look at this you know promo for promare and i kind of looked at the first five seconds of it i was like no i'm not gonna be interested and i closed it out like <laughs> i was so wrong but like so i, I kind of watched that and i saw like the little mechs and yeah. so um i didn't really have this idea that there would be a bigger mech fight uh particularly especially once i got into the movie and in the first scene we they have that confrontation with mad burnish right it makes sense that their mechs are the size of them because the burnish don't make themselves bigger. We're talking about mad burnish, right? Like the top burnish terrorists, right? Yeah. Um, and they're riding around on burnish made motorcycles with burnish armor on, like burnish like power armor on, basically, which is basically what the firefighters are wearing as this kind of power armor to help them put out the fires, which again, thought was a really cool, cool concept. The whole using ice to put out fires thing didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. <laughs> yeah like hmm, i feel like you're gonna lose a lot but maybe not um but i i get like the aesthetic they were going for and i think that's and i, I imagine at a certain point they did have the idea of a, a, a giant robot like forming from the little robots but i have this feeling that they probably looked at that in like the storyboard stages and were like yeah but there's no precedent for them to need a giant robot <laughs> well when did trigger ever care about precedence this is true this is true because the whole idea of Gurren Lagann was oh look at this tiny mech all right it's gonna keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger because like uh I, I was listening to a, a review of Gurren Lagann actually not too long ago because I was 
you know, checking out some other anime podcasts and mm-hmm. uh, I was listening to one and they, when they discussed the names of all the, all of the Gurren transformations, <laughs> right? Like the login transformations, I guess, all the way down to Lagan, right? Or to Lagan, mm-hmm. right? Like the trigger really didn't care because they just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I, but I could definitely see like you getting disappointed in that, Andrew, because it does kind of set up like that, especially with like the way that like fire engines, like a almost like a CIC, you'd almost imagine that thing would transform and become part of like the base for the mechs to join together. Um, of course. But it, I mean, like, okay, you say that it's like I didn't just because the Mad Burnish don't do that. But just look at the final scene of the movie. What do they fucking do? They literally grow bigger than the planet. <laughs> and then, like, honestly, there's a few things like that that I mean, as predictable as I say the movie is, there's a few they things that disappoint. Grow bigger than the planet. They fucking did, brains. They did, but like they did <laughs> they, in the pod. They created like a fire like burnish thing through the like, yeah okay you remember when the gurren team became galaxy uh, sorry became all one giant kamina yeah like it's basically that <laughs> like 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 don't like i mean like this is the kind of shit they're doing actually like that's i, mean, I guess that's the thing Logan's, like login technically is gynax but it's the same people right but. it's the same people like it's basically like the spiritual successor like honestly you can't tell me like the last half of this movie isn't directly ripping off from Gurren Logan in a lot of ways oh, in a except, lot of ways it is I, i'm not yeah. i'm not going to front but like it was all the best parts of Gurren Logan without Sino uh, yeah. like fucking crying in a fucking jail cell for 3 episodes <laughs> Yeah, it's a movie. Of Guess course, what? that's not going to happen. Gallo, Gallo was in a fucking jail cell. They hardly showed us any of that. <laughs> like, they do that. They do the same thing in the movies. By the way, if you watch the Gurren Logan movies, they Logan cut a lot of that so out. So good. I'm just saying, like, I need to watch like, those. Movies. You can't. Really you can't really compare They're a TV great. show to a movie in terms of how they pace things and plot things out. They're very different. No, first but every of all. time, that's every time Gurren conversation. brought up, I have to ground Gurren Logan with the whole. Well, it's because you didn't watch the movies. Watch the movie. Is they they fix all your problems. Um, Thank God. All right, I'll watch second, uh, second of all, like this is trigger we're talking about. Like they didn't go bigger on some things that they normally should. They usually go bigger on, which was surprising for me. Which kind of just like gave me this like uh, what is it like blue balls in a, in a weird way in some ways, which is probably why I'm like you know like so. First of all, it's like oh, it looks like it should transform, but the mad burners don't get big, so why should they not have a robot? I'm like. I don't know. I, why did uh, anything get bigger in Gurren Lagann, right? Like, why did Ryoko, Ryoko in, like, Kill a Kill just get random power-ups out of nowhere? Like, it's not saying yeah. just because it looks, like, it, it doesn't, if it looks like it can, it usually means it can in Trigger Works. So that is disappointing there. And third, when they only go as big as, like, the galaxy and not, like, multiple galaxies, or sorry, our solar system and not even bigger than our solar system for, like, their whole special crazy ability when they hit the sun. I'm like, really? You're not going to hit, like, multiple suns? That would have been ridiculous, but, like, that would have been, like, trigger ridiculous. It feels like they're trying to, like, be adults with how they do things now, and I'm just like, that's not your MO of trigger. Like, stop it. Stop it. Anyway, (laughs) I love the movie. It was good, but, like, I had, like, it just basically disappointed me on some key things that I was just, and I think that's where I'm, like, that's where my schism comes from. But continue. Okay. Also, I, yeah. I, I want to talk about, like, all right, I think this is poignant, all right, to talk about because, like, it 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 defines the rest of the movie, all right? Okay. First off, 
we get we get that dragon scene right which is fucking epic like him just going up against gallo he's like just wrecking promopolis right he's just mm-hmm. like leo has lost his shit he has gone like fucking i mean for lack of a better term he's gone super saiyan he's yeah. just wrecking that city and you see the freeze force try to fight him and it's just nothing they can't do shit um yep. and then gallo shows up of course um and as unfortunately as leo's about to wreck foresight <laughs> and uh so he he ends up fighting um ends up fighting with gallows and then that's when i think it kind of takes like a really um interesting turn because we end up back at that frozen lake right well yeah and then the frozen lake melts and that's when we meet the professor uh what is deuce prometh yes or Deus, te- technically the way you pronounce it is yeah. Deus Prometh. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and, like, okay, can I, I, I don't, I just, mm, I just want to I have a quick to- thing to say. He reminds me a lot of, like, the mad scientist in Darling and the Franks who just, like, gets, like, crushed under something once his, like, whole exposition is over and just never right. is seen again. It's the same exact thing. Like, this guy just, like, is here to deliver exposition. And then when they ask him, like, hey, how did you plan for us to be here? <laughs> He's just like, no, it just worked out that way. Yeah. Uh, the, the world would have been doomed if I if you guys hadn't shown up, but... <laughs> right. Right. And, and so... Very, another similarity between the two. And so this is where I want to, like, talk about, like how on the nose trigger was in the last bit of this movie like really on the nose because deus prometh is a way that in latin you would say the god prometheus or prometheus the titan basically it's a short way of saying that in latin and it's used in some old texts so they are saying he is the god that gave fire to man (laughs) yep (laughs) and then he presents Leo and Gallows, because yes, there needs to be one human and one burnish to pilot this thing. <laughs> yep. With the Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> <laughs> Which literally is hilarious. <laughs> literally <laughs> presents them with a Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> Which they then take out. And then to to our comments in the past, right? Gallus yeah. is like. I, I just can't fight in this. It's just not, it's just not stylish enough, right? <laughs> it looks, can't get it up, man. It doesn't look good. Like I don't know. And like Leo, like rolls his eyes. He's like, fine. <laughs> and like makes it look like this badass. What what do they call it? The gallows. The ga- that's when they call it the gallows X Leo, right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> and now my drill is piercing the heavens. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And so, like, but then he's still sitting there and he's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know why I can't figure this. He's like, I don't know why I can't fight. I'm trying to figure it out. (laughs) And that's when he's like, oh, that's right. I need my Matoy. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. God, it's so good. Just like the sequence of power-ups and, like, transformations of the mech. Uh, are hilarious and like you said on the nose but just like you see like oh they're just having so much fucking fun with this movie 
Right. Uh, and I wish more anime would do that. Just have as much fun as possible with the story that they've set up. And they totally do that. Um, I think it's kind of interesting that uh, like near the end, like Gallo is fighting Leo to try and stop him from losing, like losing it, like losing control and, you know, killing a lot of innocent people who are just bystanders. Um, Cause obviously he would try to save people from that. But at the end, like, they basically just burned down the whole world anyway. Well, no, they uh, don't. I mean, well, yeah, it's, like, sort of like a metaphor. Because, like, even from the very initial scene of the film, you see that, like, that fire that is burning inside everyone is these, like, emotions that they're sort of holding in, like, this rage at uh, other people and all these things. And then Their they've just been holding it in. Like that, yeah. Yeah, and they've been directing it at the Burnish, whereas, like, sort of near the end, uh, the Promare from inside the planet, which is, like, that inner flame from, like, a parallel universe, uh, flames up with, like, the will of all the people, and it burns out in, like, one giant cry uh, of, like, emotion, I guess, for, I don't know. Right, but and, it's yeah. But you got to remember, like, so the, the, the big thing is, like, they set the precedent early, right? Leo did not want to harm Gallo. No. Um, he didn't want to harm him at all. And the the reason Gallo comes up with the idea, right? Because, like, basically they have to let the, the fire burn, like, truly yeah. just burn itself out, right? Like, that's the whole idea, right? Like, just let all your rage loose, which is, again, yes, to, like, what Andrew said earlier, very Gurren Logan, right? Like, who mm-hmm. the hell do you think I am? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's very much what it is. And, uh... So when when that happens, when that that world blaze up happens, right? Like earlier when uh, Leo was the dragon, he didn't burn Gallo. He he his fires in, consumed Gallo, but did not. I think it was actually during the dragon part. But there's a scene where Leo's fire did not burn Gallo, even though it had consumed him. Um, yeah. And then I think like during the final fight with Foresight, like when they kind of get out of the mechs, right, and the pods down. Gallo's covered in that fire again, right? And he's not freaking out because he knows that it's Leo protecting him. And that's where he gets the idea to use this because Deus Prometh or Prometheus <laughs> created, because <laughs> that's, make no mistake, that's Prometheus. That's where they got the word Deus, Zeus. <laughs> um, so that's that's the idea, right? Is that his using this engine that the perfected engine for the burnish that they could use without burning themselves out allows them to cover the world in basically in Leo's fire to protect them from the fire, cover every human on the planet. And that's what they're doing in that final scene. And they're allowing everybody to be comforted by the fire and the rage to burn out through the, through the planet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Uh, it's, it is a pretty fitting ending to that movie, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, oh, man. It made my dick hard, not going to lie. Like, Absolutely. That, that whole final fight sequence, that whole last half hour of fighting just made my dick so fucking rock solid. <laughs> <laughs> just rock solid. Yeah. There were erections like, across the world. <laughs> I was kind of annoyed with my theater because I think... Ever ever after, like, the Leo-Gallo uh, kiss, 
they were kind of quiet and just like taking things in and i just wanted to like yell so many times but i had to like contain myself oh i yelled um i yelled yeah because like because like <laughs> they they start playing the that badass like that inferno right like we we get to it again like that whole mm -hmm. um i just tried to use my soundboard to put it up there we go but like the it's whole back again the whole you know and like this like and actually it's kind of funny because in the final in the final round table right they commented on inferno a lot like they were just like, well, love that song, and it it's the it it fits that song, especially towards the end, right there at the end, right? Like mm -hmm. it really fits because it's all the burnish coming together to ignite the world, right? Uh, yeah. Hmm. I think fucking good movie. <laughs> I I mean I'm gonna give it a five out of five. That's like my personal belief on it. I think that for it sure is, it is. Like, I, I think a lot of times when you look at, like, um, anime media, and I say this all the time, so I'll make it short, you look at it for what it's trying to do, for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, there's a certain point where you just, you're like, oh, well, what you're trying to do is shitty, so fuck you. But, like, what what the show tried to do, it it, it nailed it. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Or not show, but movie. Uh, so, say anything, anybody have any closing comments? Uh, Trigger saved anime. No, I'm just joking. That's just been a meme. Uh, I don't think Trigger saved anime with this movie, but they did make quite a good anime. <laughs> I think it I was think, fine. I think it's one of those pieces that's gonna show um, other animators out there what to do with the C the three the 3D tech, the CGI tech. Um, oh, yeah, I'm really hope... curious to see if they do more in this style in the future. I would um, love it. Yeah, <laughs> the vibe they did. <laughs> Incredible trigger, job. Of course they are. It's a really good proof of concept for sure for just that style. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I like the muted palette of the of the movie. I think that that helped because like it, the colors are vibrant, right? In in the yeah. same way that they're muted, um, they pop in the same way that they're muted colors. And they actually talked about that because they were trying. Some of the animators were trying to do it in a vibrant color with those outlines, and they couldn't yeah. get it quite to work. And that's when. The, uh, I can't remember the director's name, but Imaishi. Uh, Imaishi would come over and he'd be like, okay, we'll reduce the color gradient, make it more mm -hmm. muted. And you can see that throughout, right? Like a lot of the characters start vibrant in the middle of their character designs and mute as they go out. And a lot of the palettes are muted throughout the, the movie. And I think that's a symptom of them adapting to that. And I, maybe it's unintentional, but it works. Yeah. They well, found a way. They did not lose their way, France. <laughs> don't lose your way. No, <laughs> I don't have that song on my on my soundboard. I'm sorry. I didn't come with the Kill a Kill soundtrack equipped. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so, all right, guys. So we want to head out then. What? We didn't even give our ratings. Oh, dang. well, we us two did. You did said you? it was fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, nine on ten. You should have transformed the robot if you wanted more. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> also you didn't give any of our outro links by the way or where to find us That's on the true. network well, we're, going, we're doing that okay also there is a uh, he started a playing music so what am i supposed to assume he's doing right now there's <laughs> another trigger original coming from the same writer uh and director yo yo shinari called brand new animal in 2020 so look forward to that hmm. it's probably gonna disappoint me too 
<laughs> shit. <laughs> it's like, fuck Trigger. <laughs> eh, they're fine. All right, all, right, all right. So, what are the outro links? Uh, it's Anime Radical. Hi, I'm Decom. I'm from the Nerdum and Other Nonsense Anime Podcast. You can find us at Nerdum and Other on Twitter. Yay. Andrew, Recovery of an Anime Junkie Podcast. Uh, and I'm Brains from the Trash Pandas Watch Anime Podcast, tpwapodcast.com. Uh, and this has been a production of the Anime Radicals Network. Uh, which you can find our website, AnimeRadicals.com. On there, you can find links to all of our podcasts, our websites. Uh, you can find the joint episodes. If you liked this, there are plenty of other episodes for you to check out um, with various combinations of people. Uh, and uh, we have a tagline, don't we, BCOM? Uh, we do. <laughs> Or did you forget it? What is it, Andrew? <laughs> wow, you forgot it? No, well, I forget I, it. apparently we won't be uh, si- revolutionizing the simulcast world by, you know, simulcasting our revolution. I mean, this revolution being... wasn't simulcast. It was uh, in theaters, so I guess I was wrong. So I guess, yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> We're heading out. The revolution will be simulcast. Later Eventually. Probably on Crunchyroll. <laughs> One episode a week at a time until the next movie comes out. <laughs> <laughs>